Welcome everyone. Today is July 19th, 2022. Today we have a speaker that will share their experience, strength, and hope. Um, Michael O is going to be um, share with us for up to 30 minutes. And then uh, shares will be timed in accordance with the number, open sharing will be timed in, in accordance with the members present. I'm sorry for flubbing all over my introduction, Michael, but I look forward to hearing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I think I've covered all the time zones that are represented at this meeting. Um, my name is uh, Michael O. I am a recovered food addict. Um, and I thank you for allowing to share my um, experience, strength, and hope at this meeting. Um, I'd like to give you some background about myself, uh, um, brief, uh, how I got to, to OA and a little bit of my uh, background prior to, um, to getting into the rooms. So just so you know, um, I have weighed as little as eight pounds, 11 ounces. Yes, that was at birth. Um, and as high as 313 pounds. Um, I have lost 100 pounds um, multiple times uh, because I am from the baby boomer generation, which is a whole lot easier for me to say than my actual age. Um, I came in at a time, um, or I was born at a time when it was easy to obtain uh, diet pills. So uh, I realized at that point that um, I could very easily have become an, an addict to uh, pills uh, versus uh, food. Uh, I also uh, joined the various pay by the pound um, clubs, you know, the weight loss clubs. Um, I'm a very good dieter, uh, but I'm also very good at um, uh, coming off of diets and gaining weight back um, uh, very quickly. Uh, I have tried, when I say I've tried pretty much everything, uh, I really have. The only thing I perhaps have not tried was um, any of the surgeries because they were not around when I um, uh, finally got into the rooms of OA. And, um, but I, I, I did something that, um, that I think it was probably the craziest thing ever. Um, and that was where I had um, the urine of, um, pregnant women um, injected in, into me. Um, and um, they told me that I would feel euphoric. Uh, and I liked the day one instructions. The day one instructions were, we need you to build up your fat cells. Um, at 301 pounds, I don't know how much fuller I needed to build up those fat cells, but listen, if you tell me I have to eat anything I want that weekend, I'm in for it, okay? So um, that's exactly what I did. And then uh, when I came back, I got these injections daily and was on like something like an 800 calorie um, diet. And I will tell you that I did not last long on it. Uh, um, I felt, uh, did not feel euphoric. Um, I still get morning sickness. Um, I'm not sure if that's a result of this or what's going on with that. Um, so um, in 2000, uh, I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, and I came into a Friday evening meeting, and being somewhat a bit codependent, uh, I had um, two, two of my friends came with me. Well, one never did come with me, but the other person did come with me. And it was, it was, a, um, it was what was, was known as a how meeting, um, and um, for me, the emphasis at that meeting was really um, the food plan. I'm sure that I, that's where my mind went. 
Um, and they basically it was, you know, you don't eat flour, you don't eat sugar, and you don't eat volume. Well, flour, sugar, and volume were my favorite food groups. So I don't know what was left if you took that away from my, my, my meal planning. But I listened and I looked at these people and it was something like a cult, you know, like everyone was so happy. They had like this glassy eyed look and I wanted what they had. And they were all like, they all looked great. And like they, they would have this line, I would call it the conga line. Like, like they, they would have this line of sponsors and the room was filled. Like there was like 50 to hundred people. It was, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And I wanted what they had and damned if I didn't get it. Um, and that's all I got um, because that's all I was willing to do was a food plan, okay? Now, um, prior to, let me just step back a little bit. Um, you know, I prior, I said that I joined the, um, the, the pay by the pound clubs, you know? Um, I had joined the, you know, the, the, um, the weight loss clubs um, every January when they had the promotion. Um, and I was very successful. I lost 123 pounds, 100 pounds, 80 pounds, 40 pounds. I mean, you know, success, in that I'd lost the weight. Um, at one point, I had kept the weight off, and I was actually a, a lecturer for the um, for the for the weight uh, oops, for the weight loss club, uh, and uh, and I was really doing well until they introduced the concept of maintenance, and that should have been a red light to me because they said, you know, you can have a a, a quarter of a uh, can I mention a food? Is that is that acceptable in this meeting? Yeah, okay. Uh, you can have a quarter of a piece of cake or pie. Well, that's fine, but then what are you doing with the rest of it? Not a quarter, it was an eighth, excuse me, an eighth. Well, what are you doing with the seven eighths? That seven eighths is sitting there. Not in my house, it didn't, but I mean, you know, there's seven eighths sitting there. What are you doing with that? So that bothered me to the point that um, probably within a couple of months, I was in a group of lecturers that were known as the lecturers in trouble um, because we were the lecturers who were beginning to gain weight. And you could tell that we were the lecturers in trouble because we were very good at camouflaging um, our weight, wearing longer sweaters or blazers or whatever it might be. So, um, so I'm coming to Overeaters Anonymous and I didn't know anything about steps because Quite honestly, I would take an elevator, an escalator, I think maybe in, in Great Britain is it called a lift? I don't know if that's correct terminology. If, if it's not, give me some credit for trying. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I didn't know anything about steps and I didn't want to know anything about steps. Let's be really honest, folks. You don't put um, step four on your bucket list. You know, I want to do a step four. That's going to be on my bucket list. No, I don't think it is really. Let's be honest. So um, I avoided step four for probably 13 years of my time in Overeaters Anonymous. So as you can imagine, I was in and out of the rooms. I lost 80 pounds, I lost 100 pounds, I lost a lot of weight back and forth and I was like the human yo-yo. I kept going up and down, up and down. Uh, I remember one time I almost did completed a fourth step but then um, I heard that I had to, to share it with someone and I really didn't wanna do that, okay? Um, so. Um, what happened next was, uh, I began, um, you know, I just, I, I, I was very selective 
um, with with sponsors. Uh, you know, I wanted a particular sponsor, one who would um, kind of be soft um, and and lenient towards me. Um, and I will tell you, my first sponsor in OA um, was anything but. She was exactly what I needed. Um, and I love her. Um, and um, I know that she can hear me today saying that um, because she gave me exactly what I needed, a kick in the butt, okay? Uh, but, you know, um, that wasn't good enough. Um, I really needed somebody that I could work, you know, like, like um, I didn't know this program, but I didn't really want to know all these steps. I didn't understand all this stuff and I didn't really want to understand. When I went to meetings with the, the big book, I didn't want to read those first hundred and some odd pages. I wanted to read all the, the stories, you know, like the gory stories and what people did and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to know about anything um, before that. And I didn't. So basically what happened was uh, um, I didn't realize any of the um, spiritual and any of the emotional, um, any of the recovery that I'd heard so many people have. I was actually, when I was um, abstinent, um, I was white knuckling it the whole time um, when I was in OA. Uh, you know, the first maybe 90 or 120 days, um, I was on that quote unquote pink cloud, which I um, figured it was probably because I ate so much sweet and low in my life that it was pink from the, the sweet and low wrappers and all. Um, but I never, I never really got into, um, you know, the, the, the um, step work and all. And um, I, there were so many things that I refused to do. Um, I didn't want to sponsor. Um, I didn't mind doing certain service, but it had to be service that I wanted to do. Um, so you can see the picture I'm painting. It was somebody who wanted OA, but I wanted it um, based on my terms. Um, so I really had not learned anything but how to diet. Um, and basically what I was using OA was, for me, OA was a diet club with great hugs. Um, that was what how OA was for me. Great hugs, wonderful people, um, wonderful people. Uh, but I wasn't really doing any of the work. And if I'm not doing any of the work, I can be assured that I am going to be a resident at the Relapse Inn. And I was multiple times. Um, and, you know, relapse, the worst part about relapse is the shame that I allowed myself to feel, um, that I allowed myself to feel that I was less than. Uh, if I saw someone walking down an aisle that I knew from program, I would abruptly turn my cart because, you know, I was in a supermarket or the dollar store you know, buying some cheap fixed food, you know. Uh, I got to the point where when I was like in the dollar store, uh, I would buy all like the sugary things and I put them and then I take like some, um, some other like household products and put that on top. So I kind of hide it in case I bumped into anyone from OA, you know, 
the truth is, once you once you become a member of Every Eaters Anonymous, you never eat in peace again. Okay, you really don't. And and the other thing is, once you become a member of OA, it's like the mafia. You can't get out. All right, you just can't get. You could try and get out, but who really wants to get out? Because this is where I found love, and this is where I found acceptance. Um, you know. I am a gay male and I had the most difficult time saying that until I came into these rooms because these rooms accepted me for who I am. Um, so anyway, um, so I, I, I had lots of experience in relapse. Um, I would have loved to have come on this meeting and said, I came into these rooms on March 31st, 2000 or 2001, and I have been abstinent for the last 21 years. But that would have been a bold-faced lie. Um, so I'm not even sure where I am with my time now, but I want to tell you what's different today because I think that's real, the real crux of, of, of this, of my whole sharing today. Um, the last time I went through the steps, oh, just to, just to let you know, in about 2013, 2014, <clears throat> someone had asked me, um, they said, you know, if you come back, um, uh, I would be more than happy to be your sponsor. Now, I want to tell you, this person, who I love now, would not have made my checklist of sponsors because she was very tough, okay? Um, I couldn't get away with murder with this person, so why would I want that person to be my sponsor, okay? They would ask me to do something, and I'd have to do it. How awful would that be, right? I'd have to be accountable. How could that be? Me being accountable, good? Um, but I did it anyway. And when we got to like step four and on, I knew what was going to follow. I knew I'd have to make amends to people when I got down to number nine. I started thinking of, now let me see. See, I'm so devious. Um, who can I, who do I need to make amends, but it's not humanly possible because they either are, they can't be found in this world. Um, you know, it, it's impossible. So that's who made it to my fourth step, okay? Not the people that really need it. So I was really devious, even with this tough person, okay? This time, I knew it had to be different because I was tired of playing around. You know, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. How many relapses did I have? And how many more recoveries might I have? This could be my last recovery. But I knew I had probably a whole lot more relapses because I am the food addict. You know, you all in this room, how many we got? 149 people. I know all of you think you're food addicts. But let me tell you something. I am the supreme food addict, okay? I can outbeat all of you. Uh, not something I'm proud of, but it's the truth and you need to accept that. Um, so anyhow. So I knew this time had to be different. And this time I was willing to listen. And this time I was willing to follow good orderly direction. And this time I did what I was told. And when it came to the ninth step, and, and when it came to the fourth step and I had to make my fourth step, I went so far back like to my childhood to things that I had done that I was so ashamed of. Um, and when I gave my fifth step to my, um, to my sponsor, I said to her, are you going to turn me into the police? Um, 
And she started laughing. She said, oh, please, this is nothing compared to what I've heard. Um, and, um, and, and I had things on there, like, you know, like my mother who had since passed, how, I mean, it, I owed her an amends. So she said to me, you're going to go to the cemetery. You're going to write her a letter. You're going to read the letter um, to her. And I said, okay. She said, and I'll come with you if you want to. No, I need to do it on my own. Well, it just so happened that a very close friend of the family, um, we, were, we were getting together and they were visiting another, they were visiting a cousin that happened to be at that um, cemetery. This friend of the family said to me, she had been in OA. She knew all about the steps and all. And she said, I want to be there for you. I'm just going to stand on the side. I'm not listening, you know. Um, and I thought, oh, great. Now I have an audience, right? You know, after I read this to my mother, I looked at Jackie and I said to her, would you mind if I read this to you? And she looked at me. And I couldn't believe I was sharing this with someone because I was so ashamed of it at first. But now there was this freedom. You know, I knew what I had done. And I felt that that had been lifted. So every single um, um, person that I, I, I owed an amends, um, I made that amends to. Some people I obviously could not get in touch with, but I, I did the footwork. I looked for them um, because, you know, we have this thing called Facebook, you know, so I could look for them and try and find them and locate them. Um, some I couldn't, so I made donations to charities. I did things like I heard other people did, and now I was doing it, and I felt like, wow, Michael, you're all grown up. You're like a real OAer now, you know? You're, you're acting like a full-functioning adult. Wow, you know, so that's one thing. I completed my step work. The other thing is, you know, before coming into program, I, I heard people talk about spirituality and, and I'm not joking. I, I mean, I'm really being sincere. When I used to hear people talk about spirituality, I thought that they, I really thought of spirituality as like something like with a Ouija board, you know, making that little thing move. That's the spirits making you move it and all. I had no idea what spirituality meant at all. I thought spirituality was religion and I wasn't religious. And then I'd hear people say, you know, Michael, you can create a God of your own, you know. Uh, and um, so I did. Um, and my spirituality, my understanding of spirituality has changed. And um, I find time to, to, to pray and to meditate and um, to thank God. And to pray for others, you know, I used to say, oh, I'll pray for you. And then as quickly as that came out of my mouth, I forgot all about it, you know. Um, now I write it down because I don't remember things and all. Um, that's a big part of my life. There, am I a perfect? No, I'm not. There are days where I might forget to pray, um, but I work on it. And I don't let that, I, I really work on um, improving that. Sponsoring. I, there is nobody in this room that disliked sponsoring more than I did. Um, I didn't want to be quote unquote bothered. Um, now I realize what a beautiful gift it is. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just sharing your experience with someone else and watching someone else grow um, and, and, and being able to help them in some way, shape or form. And it is the most beautiful gift. And I cannot believe <laughs> excuse me, then I deprived myself of that beautiful gift 
all these many years. Um, so I am so grateful. Uh, you know, when someone uh, when somebody asks me to be a, a sponsor, it's almost for me. It's like somebody asking me to go out on a date. That never happens, you know. Uh, but but um, but you know, it's just it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, feeling. Um, service. Um, I've always given given service, but now. Service means doing things that maybe I might not like as much as other things. Um, so I'm very active in our um, in our region um, of OA. I'm, I'm you know like right now I'm the um, the vice chair, um, and you know I do whatever needs to be done. You know, and it and it I'm, it, it's allowed me to to meet other people. Uh, and um, it you know I'm I retired last August, so I have that additional time, and I actually. I actually, I love it even more. Um, something I, I've, I've shared with um, um, at other meetings is that um, I, prior to um, um, being retired, I, I worked 45 years for a bank. Now, um, granted, I have no financial savvy at all. Um, and if you ask me anything about finance, I would tell you, I don't know anything about finance, but for the most part, most of the time I did some training and all. and. Um, you know, um, one of the things that, one of the, the expressions that I used frequently um, that I didn't come up with a saying, but I mean this expression, but I love this expression is, listen to learn not to respond. Um, and that's a big thing for me these days is just to listen, to be a good listener. Um, that's so important because when somebody comes and talks to me from OA, whatever it is, they just want to, they don't need my advice. I'm not going to tell them anything that they haven't already heard or they don't know, but they just need to hear themselves talk and they need to have a gentle, empathetic person listening. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. The other thing is I found, I'm a compulsive shopper. Yes, I am. And even though I found this on sale, um, I still think this is probably, uh, this is something that I want to be known for. Um, so I hope you can see this. If you can't, I'm going to read it to you. It says, be the reason someone smiles today. You know, we take ourselves so seriously, but we don't take this disease serious enough. This disease could kill us. It could have killed me. Being over 300 pounds multiple times in my life, it could have killed me. Um, so I just want to make sure that I am in recovery today. And that, that's really all that I have is today. Um, and I want to make sure that when I'm with people, I bring joy into their life, that I bring smiles into their life, that, um, that they feel happy, joyous, and free, uh, because I don't want to give them any kind of lectures. I don't want them to feel sad. We all felt sad before we came into these rooms. I was always depressed. I thought that I, for the longest time, I just didn't want to wake up. You know, I, I had thoughts of suicide for so many years before coming into these rooms. 
And now I am so grateful that, that God spared me from doing anything that would have hurt me because life is beautiful. I mean, yeah, are there days that aren't great? Yeah, there are days, there are moments that aren't great. But generally, <coughs> excuse me, life is wonderful. Uh, and what makes life so wonderful for me? It's recovery because I feel good about myself. I've been in therapy, not extensive therapy, but in some therapy. Um, and I gotta tell you, everything I learned in life, how to deal with people, how to, um, you know, just how to, how to feel value in life, I learned from my cats and from OA. Um, these 12 steps are a plan for living a plan for living with joy, okay? Um, a nightly review, you know, and it's it's to the point now where it's uh, it's not even a nightly review, it's a, it's a minute by minute check. You know, I check and see, have I done or said anything? Let me, because by tonight I'm gonna forget it and I don't wanna offend anyone. So I am constantly making sure that I am being kind, and that I am being, um, you know, compassionate, and I'm being the kind of person that that my God would want me to be. So I don't know where I am with my time, but I I my voice is kind of, um, kind of busted at this point, and I think I pretty much said everything that I would like to say. So um, I hope I'm not leaving you in a in a bind with too much time left over, um, and I hope that I delivered on what. Um, you were hoping for. So, thank you. Accomplished. Brought great joy. Thank you so much. Uh, and you reminded me um, of something in the big book that I wanted to, to just read real quick um, from My Chance to Live on page uh, 317. When I am willing to do the right thing, I am rewarded with an inner peace no amount of liquor could ever provide. When I'm unwilling to do the right thing, I become restless, irritable, and discontent. It is always my choice. Through the 12 steps, I have been granted the gift of choice. I am no longer at the mercy of a disease that tells me the only answer is to drink. If willingness is the key to unlock the gates of hell, it is action that opens those doors so that we may walk freely among the living. Thank you again for sharing with us, um, Michael.